Welcome to the Hopeful Birth Podcast. I'm Jessie Shelto, your host for the next little bit while we make a new friend and hear her birth story. Birth has affected my life in profound ways, and I'm not just talking about the new little person that comes in to rock my world. Birth has shaped how I engage with my Heavenly Father, and I hope that it does the same for you. So whether you're preparing for birth and wanting to learn more from moms who have been there and done that, or are processing through a previous birth, I pray that the Father makes his heart for you and your baby evident as you listen. In this episode, number 13, I got to spend time with Christina Zrama and had the privilege of listening to her share about her four birth stories and what her interactions with God were like during her pregnancies and births. I really appreciated what she said about her most recent birth. So I felt like with Jack's birth, the word that was kind of summing it up was just endurance. Like, you just have to endure sometimes. You don't understand why. It's not what you would have picked. But you just have to do it. And God gives you as much grace as you need to get through that. To quickly sum up all of her stories, Christina had a really challenging first labor that actually unearthed in her a love for birth. She pursued her doula training and certification, working on that even during her second pregnancy. And then with her second, she chose a different kind of birth environment and had a completely different experience. Peaceful was actually how she described it, even though her son was 10 pounds, 6 ounces. Her third birth ended up being a home birth, as well as her fourth with Jack, who we mentioned before. And if you can believe it, he was even heavier than her second. I'll let her tell you how heavy he was. She had no tearing or abrasions with him. I am so impressed with her and with him. What a team. Now, also in this episode, I got to interview Janelle Allier of Paris Mountain Midwifery for Meet the Birth Worker. Janelle is a CNM serving women in the Greenville area, and she typically takes only two to three births a month. So if you find out that you are pregnant and are interested in in hiring her, um, you should reach out to her right away. You can find her on Instagram at Paris Mountain Midwifery. Now, even though I'm a birth geek, please remember that I'm not a medical professional, and then the intent of this show is to provide education and encouragement. Please continue seeing your medical professional and seeking their counsel for your care. But without further ado, here are Christina's birth testimonies. Hey, Christina, thanks so much for joining the Hopeful Birth Podcast. Would you mind starting out and introducing us to your family and telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Christina, and I have four wonderful children. My first is named Eowyn. She's almost 12. And my second is William. We call him Liam. And he's nine. And then I've got Patrick, who is five. He'll be six pretty soon. So those first three were all three years apart. And then um, we had two miscarriages in a row, a little girl named Daisy and then Cedar the next year, a little boy. And so um, my fourth living child is named Jack. He's three months old and he was very, very long awaited and very happily received. So there's a little bit more of a gap between those last two babies. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, Well, I think we discussed just kind of you sort of starting out and sharing about kind of each birth and pregnancy. And then, and then maybe if you want to highlight your most recent birth, that would be great. Okay. My, um, I guess my adventure with birth started when I was pregnant, um, with my daughter and I, my mom had had all of us 
naturally in a hospital, her labors had been pretty straightforward. Um, and so I never really expected to need any intervention or anything. So I knew that that's what I wanted. And so I started talking with some women in my church who had already had babies. One of them was a, a doula who, um, had actually chosen to have a home birth. I was like, Whoa, people do that. Um, and so she, uh, gave me some recommendations to read and I ended up reading, um, Ina May's guide or what is it called her? Yeah. Ina May's guide to childbirth. I think mm-hmm. it's called. Yep. And then, um, also I read the thinking woman's guide to a better birth. And so with that in mind, I realized I really kind of wanted some more, not necessarily training, but like, since I'd never even seen a birth, I wanted a little more education. So I, uh, I knew I wanted to have a little more education. And my husband also had absolutely no idea about birth. I mean, he's a boy. He just, you know, that's not his thing. His mom had never talked about birth. And so he was like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I ended up taking a Bradley birth class. And, um, that's, that's a class where you meet once a week for, I think we met once a week for eight weeks. And, um, yeah. And so he took that with me and I'm still actually friends with several of the couples that I met in that class. (laughs) It was really kind of fun. And, um, so that really helped prep, prep me for my daughter's birth. Um, I asked my mom to come up and, and be with me, um, since she'd had a natural birth herself, I figured she'd be, you know, good at that. And then I planned a birth with midwives in the hospital. So they were certified nurse midwives. Um, I ended up going to what I thought was 41 weeks with her. And then, um, I ended up having quite a long labor. Um, she turned out to be semi set up or posterior. So I had about 43 hours of labor with her. Mm. And, um, yeah, looking back now, I'm like, man, if I'd had a, a, a trained doula with me, we probably would have been able to turn her, but as it was, she never, I never, she never turned. I ended up pushing her out. Uh, face up. So it was a hard first birth, but I had a wonderful nurse in the hospital. uh, In addition to a very patient midwife who um, she kept me really calm. And I just, I just felt very empowered by the midwife being with me, but this nurse had been around for 20 years or so. And she just knew what I needed. She ended up functioning kind of like a doula because my mom did not like seeing me in pain. (laughs) doesn't really like birth. (laughs) (laughs) So she wasn't, I mean, she was great. Like, as in giving me support, like a hot water bottle or, you know, cold washcloth, but she just like, didn't really know how to help beyond that. Um, and my husband, you know, we'd taken a class, so he knew he was supposed to be encouraging and stuff, but he also didn't have any tricks like, Hey, maybe your baby needs to be turned or, um, anything like that. So I still ended up though, feeling incredibly empowered by that birth, um, 43 hours. And I had a second degree tear. Um, but my first words when I held her in my arms and I, I mean, I helped pull her out myself. And I remember I looked at her and I was like, she's so beautiful. I don't deserve this. She's so beautiful. And then I said, let's do that again. (laughs) Everybody in the room is like, you're clearly high on endorphins right now. (laughs) Like Nobody else thought we should do that again right then. And I didn't think we should do it again after about, you know, two hours when you kind of crash. But I I just felt so um, happy and I was I never thought I couldn't do it. I always knew I could do it. So I was, um, I, and I realized that was not the norm among my friends as we all started having babies. A lot of them were feeling 
just battered by their births. Like they survived them by the skin of their teeth or they just had so much regret or so much fear going into the next one, or at the very least, you know, they'd had, um, they had an okay birth, but they didn't really feel particularly empowered by it or joyful about it. It was just like, well, yeah, I had a birth. It was, well, that was okay, but I got a baby. Yay. Mm. Um, whereas I was like, no, I feel like I'm ready to be a mom now. I mean, God brought me through that. And, um, I, I think for me, it was a really, uh, very spiritually good for me. Um, first of all, the waiting was really hard. Um, just cause I went to what we thought was 41 weeks. And I remember just being like, okay, Lord, like, why, why you, you, you could make me have a baby anytime. Why, why do I have to keep waiting? Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember reading, um, in the Psalms about how God's presence makes the desert into streams. And I was like, oh, that's, that's the point. Like I'm, I'm waiting, but if I'm with the Lord while I wait, it doesn't matter if I'm waiting or if I have a baby, like it can be a sweet time. So that was really good for me. Um, I feel like that's like a lot of motherhood. So it was good preparation to just be like, sometimes you won't understand, but you can still have a good, good fellowship, um, and wait patiently and with his strength. So that was a really, a really cool way for me to be ushered into motherhood. And it actually led me to want to become a doula. I just looked back at how my midwife and my, um, my nurse had just helped me. My birth teacher, my Bradley birth teacher had, had just given me all these tools. And I was like, man, that's what I want. I want to help other moms so that they end up feeling strong and joyful instead of, um, afraid and, you know, powerless. So I ended up becoming uh, certified through birth arts international as a doula. And I ended up starting my process of getting that certification while I was pregnant with my son, my first son, William. And we also did a move from Kentucky down to Greenville. And one of the things I was really sad about was leaving my midwife in Kentucky, but I was super excited to find out that in South Carolina, home birth is legal. It is in Kentucky now, but it was another time. And, um, you also had a lot more freedom with birth centers. We had no unaffiliated birth centers in Kentucky. They were all in a hospital, but here in Greenville, I, at the time there was three that were independent. Mm. So I decided that with him, we would do a independent birth center. Um, and I used a licensed midwife. So I couldn't believe how much more personal the care was. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know, my midwife, I interviewed multiple midwives and picked one that I just really gelled with. She was older. She ended up, she's, she's semi-retired now. Um, but she's trained many of the other midwives in our area. And she just was like a grandma and mom of, I think 10 of her own. And she just was very yeah. calm. So I really liked that. And, um, my son ended up being a really peaceful labor. I, um, I had him in about six and a half hours. We used herbs to kind of get things going at 41 weeks. Um, cause I was really overdue. I felt, <laughs> and the midwife, um, encouraged me to do that. So we did that and, uh, started labor up and then six and a half hours later, he was born. He turned out to be a full, almost a full two pounds heavier than my daughter. So she was eight, 10 and he was 10, six. Wow. And, um, that birth was so peaceful. I mean, I just, we, we went to the birth center after I had gotten an established pattern of labor. And once I got in that big birth tub at the birth center, I just would float on my back mm-hmm. and I would actually fall asleep in between contractions. And I remember getting annoyed that the contractions would wake me up. <laughs> 
like I wasn't in pain. I was just like, Oh, I was sleeping. <laughs> um, so I ended up having him after just about, I mean, my, my water broke and I told the midwife I'm pushing and, um, she had me get out of the tub cause there was meconium in the water. And then I had him about 10 minutes later on the bed. It was fetal ejection reflex hit. I couldn't have stopped pushing if I tried. And he turned out to have a hand up by his head, which is called a nuchal hand. And even with that, and even with him being, um, 10 pounds and six ounces, I didn't tear at all. Um, <laughs> I know. And I was, I had quite a significant tear with my daughter. So I was like, shocked. Um, and then I just felt so great after that birth. Cause it was so much shorter. I didn't tear. Um, and I, we went home at, I guess he was about two hours old. And, um, so that was really cool. And my husband just kept saying, I, I can't believe how peaceful it was at the birth center. It was just the midwife and me and, and my husband and my mom did come with me. Um, and then at the very last minute, a second midwife came in um, that's required in South Carolina for a birth center birth. You're supposed to have two midwives there. And she came right as I was pushing. And I remember thinking, this is a funny way to meet someone. <laughs> I'm like roaring like a dinosaur. So his birth was just so painless. Um, I mean, I felt pain at the very end when there was like the ring of fire pushing, but that was about it. So that was really cool. And I remember the song that I felt associated with his birth was there's a joy in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a song that was actually written for the persecuted church, just about how sometimes there's, there is real hardship, but there's joy in that hardship. Um, mm -hmm. and it's it got a chorus, hallelujah, hallelujah, Christ, our joy and strength. And I really loved that song for his birth that, um, there was joy there. We were also just really excited to have a little boy. Um, after also having a little girl. And um, so then with my third, he was the first where I decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to have home birth. And I'd actually had a, my first home birth experience as a doula before we got pregnant with him. And it was actually like a pretty, a pretty difficult birth for a lot of the birth team because the, the client was having a hard time. She was kind of angry and called us a lot of bad words, things like that. <laughs> Yeah. But I thought it was a wonderful birth just because I had never seen a home birth before. And I was like, this is so relaxing. And like, I mean, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so she was able to like, you know, make a cake ahead of time. So, you know, it just, it was like, really, I just really thought it was cool. So we went, decided to have a home birth. My husband finally was okay with the mess idea. <laughs> and, um, then that birth, um, I also went to 41 weeks and, um, we used herbs again to induce, but the hard part with his birth was that for about six weeks before my, before he was actually born, I had very intense prodromal labor. So that's labor when you, it really seems like you're in labor. It's, it's hard, fast, they're, um, regular, uh, but they don't go anywhere. They don't tend to get to get, they don't dilate you. You just have them. Um, and so I started having those close to what was it like 30, 36 weeks, um, 35 or 36 weeks. I started having those timeable intense contractions and my midwife actually put me on modified bed rest to make sure that I would get to, um, 36 weeks and which is just when you can have a home birth in South Carolina. Um, but then we finally induced, and so that was just really hard when I, you think you're having labor all the time and it doesn't go anywhere. 
And there's like no real way to know if it is going to progress or not. So just like this mental constant torture where you're just like, is it labor? Is it not labor? I don't know. What does my body want? Am I missing something? Am I doing something wrong? Am I not doing something? Should I rest more? Should I rest less? Anyway, um, that was really hard. Um, but then when he finally came, when we were able to start or we herbs again, started labor that way. And, um, it started similarly right around the same time, four o'clock, just like my, my other son, but I hit, um, I got the urge to push really quickly and, um, the midwife and midwife assistant who were there thought maybe I had just prepared to labor so well, because you know, I'd been having all these contractions. Um, but something didn't feel quite right. So I, I tried bearing down with the urge to push for maybe 30 minutes. And I, I finally told the midwife, I really don't think he's low enough. Like he, his head doesn't feel in the right place. So I asked her to check me and she told me as gently as she could that I was only about four centimeters dilated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was having these pushing contractions and, um, we realized it was because just the, my, the way he was lying gravity was pulling him down like perpendicular. He wasn't over the cervix. So we had to, I had to just like flip on my back and lay on my back in the water and consciously not push. And that was, that was brutal. I, for the first time understood why women would ask for pain medicine before I had never, ever even thought about it. Uh, even with my long, long labor, I was, I, I always knew I could do it this time. I just was like, Oh my gosh, I cannot, I'm going to go insane. Um, because I couldn't like use any of my coping mechanisms. I had to so consciously not push, but, um, so through that labor, I remember just crying out for Jesus to help me just to, to make it through. Uh, one of my favorite memories was actually when I, um, I couldn't think of anything to, well, oh, I should say this. I, my, my formal training is as a a singer. And so, um, at one point I had just started singing along with the the songs on my birth playlist. And, um, when, when I started having trouble coping, one of the uh, midwife assistants told me, Hey, you know, singing seemed to help you. Why don't you sing? And I was like, I'll sound terrible. (laughs) And they were like, sing. (laughs) And so I did. And so I just sang along. It was mostly hymns and, um, some praise and worship songs by Andrew Peterson and Fernando Ortega. And I remember thinking, man, my voice teacher would kill me. <laughs> like, this is not good vocal technique, <laughs> but, but I sang. And, um, at one point I was really losing it. And I just was, was just screaming my head off, you know, like there's like some kinds of yelling in birth that's very controlled. And this was just like insanity. And the midwife assistant, she just like took my, took my hand, and she was like, you need to sing. And I was like, I don't know what to sing. And she's like, sing anything, anything. So I just started singing Jesus loves me because this is a song you learn when you're a little kid, you know, and it just popped in my head. And so I started singing Jesus loves me. And then one of my absolute favorite memories is my midwife and my husband started singing with me. And so they were just singing, we're sitting in the birth tub and they're like, you know, Jesus loves me. You died heaven's gates open wide. And just, that was just so sweet that in that moment, even though I was close to panicking, I realized like, I'm okay. I'm surrounded by people who love me. I, Jesus does love me and I'm safe and I can trust these people. They'll take care of me. And, um, of course, as we always say in birth, you know, you think you're going to die and that's where the baby comes (laughs) (laughs) right after that. I uh, told the midwife, okay, I need to try something else. I got up out of the tub and, um, he was born in 10 minutes after that. Wow. Um, 
So he ended up being 10 pounds, nine ounces. Um, and again, I had no tearing or anything. Um, then, so that was really cool. And then having him, him at home is just amazing. Cause we were just right there. My, my daughter actually watched that time, the six-year-old oh. and she came in and got to see him. And she was a really sweet little doula kept telling me, mommy, you're doing a beautiful thing, bringing a child into the world. (laughs) And then, uh, um, she, she was so excited to get to hold him. And, um, my three-year-old, um, he came in and out of the room, but he wasn't there when I actually gave birth. But as soon as the baby was born, I remember him coming in and saying, good, can I have muffins now? (laughs) (laughs) I had baked these muffins and frozen them and told the kids, you can have them when your brother's born, when the baby comes. Um, and actually we didn't know he was going to be a boy with that one. We decided we knew we had a girl, we had a boy, we had everything we needed. So we'd let it be a surprise. And he turned out to be a boy. He's our Patrick. Um, so then after a while, um, of, of losing babies, we were really, really excited to find out I was pregnant again. And that time we decided to find out early. We found out with sneak peek, which is a blood test that he was a boy. So that was a fun experience of knowing he was a boy, like right from the very start. Mm -hmm. And we decided to name him, um, to name him Jack, which I always had wanted to name Patrick. Um, but my husband had ended up wanting to name him Patrick. And anyway, I'd always said, Oh, I wish I'd named him Jack. So (laughs) another one, another try. So this is Jack. Um, and with Jack going into pregnancy, I'd had a lot of other health issues, my liver and gallbladder were really struggling. Um, so his pregnancy had its own set of, of issues, but I planned another home birth this time with a certified nurse midwife, um, and who lives just, just not far from me, which, uh, we've also moved out to the country. I live up in Marietta, which is a 45 minute drive from any hospital. So, um, I, I did not want to drive to the hospital and labor from here. <laughs> <laughs> So we decided to have another home birth and, um, it was, uh, it was a very difficult end of pregnancy. Just my body was just tired. My liver was struggling. So I was having to do everything I could think of to try to help my liver out so that he could stay in as long as he needed to. Um, that included coffee enemas, not my favorite thing in the world, (laughs) but, but it did work. My numbers, um, for my liver enzyme stayed within quite safe, very low ranges after I started doing those wonderful enemas. Um, so I was able to have him on his own time and I tried using herbs to induce again with him. Did absolutely nothing. Um, so finally at, at 41 weeks, even I was, um, I was, I was actually pretty discouraged. I was telling some, several friends were texting me and checking in on me and being like, so how are you feeling? And I'm like, I feel like I could be seven months pregnant. Like not having any of that prodromal labor. Like I had the last time, which I was glad for, but I was like, I'm just not having any in labor. And I don't know when this kid's going to come. I have so much, um, pelvic pressure. Like he was so low. He'd been low for two weeks. I felt like my hips were about to just come unglued. There was just so Mm -hmm. much, like it just, I just felt so full of baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, but like nothing. And I ended up, uh, trying with trying to take those herbs and I laid down for a couple hours, took a nap, nothing. So then I told my kids, 
um, and I, I homeschool, so they're home with me all the time. And I asked, I asked them if they wanted to go on a walk. And I was envisioning like, let's walk down our driveway and on the road. But they heard, let's go on a walk and envisioned this hike through the woods. Cause we live <laughs> in the country. So we have a lot of woods around us. And they were like, we have so many new hideouts to show you. And I was like, well, okay. So I, I tied um, a rebozo on my belly so that that would give me some support. And we set off on this. And my, my son is like, we're going at the speed of pregnant mom. <laughs> meaning we weren't going very fast and um we ended up just kind of they showed me all these trees they had found and anyway it was fine and I actually felt really good I hadn't felt so good in a while um so it was nice to be out in sunshine in is in March so it was like very pleasant weather and my mom ended up walking with us and anyway I came back in the house and it was about uh like three, three o'clock. And I told the kids, I'm going to lay down and we can do some spelling in my bed. I'll just lay down and you can bring your pencils in there. And I was like, but let me put some things on my phone first. So I was putting some hypno baby stuff on my phone, thinking maybe that would help me like maybe encourage the baby out. And I suddenly felt like this, this pop. And I was like, was that my water breaking? And I was like, no, no way. And then suddenly it was like, oh my gosh, that was definitely my water breaking. So I jumped up because I was on the computer chair and I like jumped over to the door where we have a pile of towels to dry off our dogs. <laughs> and I stood on the, on that. And I yelled to my kids like, get towels. My water just broke. And of course the five-year-old like, what broke? What? <laughs> you dropped something? <laughs> my daughter's 11 and she she knew what 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 exactly was going on so she ran and grabbed me they're like the kids are throwing towels to me and I'm standing there and my water just broke and it was like dramatic I mean there was water everywhere it was like in the movies where you're like oh that never actually happens in real life apparently it does <laughs> so, and I had never actually had my water break during um before labor before it had always broken before when I was pushing. So this just like completely threw me off. I was like, what is happening? So I called my husband and I'm like, my water just broke. And he's like, what? Your water doesn't break. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it did. So I, I finally went and decided to stand in the bathtub because I was like, I have so much water. I don't want to just like keep standing on these towels. So I got in the bathtub and the kids are still like, my son goes, do we still have to do spelling? <laughs> no, definitely not. So um, anyway, I ended up trying to get a hold of the midwife and um, it took a little while for her to pick up. So I was able to call my doula who was training to be a midwife and, um, told my, and I, I sent the kids over to my mom's cause she just lives next door. So I told them, you know, tell, tell her that baby's coming. Um, and you know, she can feed you dinner. <laughs> and it was about, it was about three, thirty or four. So, um, my husband got home and started filling the birth tub and somehow I knew, you know, even though I still wasn't having any contractions, I was like, yeah, this is it. Like your water breaks at 40, 41 weeks and it's time. <laughs> So I got hit, uh, but I felt so thrown off by the fact that my water had broken and it had just never done that before. So it, I, I wished I had written more things down, like, you know, get, get these things out of the fridge and like turn on these oils in the diffuser. Cause I just, I felt so paralyzed. Um, I was like, I don't know what to do. I, this just ruined my whole train of thought. I don't know what to do. 
So thankfully, my husband and my my doula both got here about about half an hour or later, and he started setting up the birth tub, and um, I just like labored on the birth ball, and um, it, it got pretty intense pretty fast. Contractions picked up right around the time when everybody got here, and um, my daughter and my all my kids had decided they wanted to be in there for the birth. Even my my five year old, we had read a lot of books ahead of time to try to prep him for. Well, prep all of the kids really. Um, my daughter didn't really remember much about her other brother's birth, so we just were um, prepping them for what they might hear, see, and they were all really excited to be in the birth with us. Um, but it kind of and, and and my and I guess before I had had any labor, my midwife had asked me, "What is your ideal birth?" and then what would be your worst fear. And um, I said, told her my ideal birth would be like my second son's birth, just very peaceful and quiet. So I don't scare my kids and, um, you know, just have him in, at home and everything. Peaceful. And I had said, I think the hardest birth for me would be one if it was like my, um, my, my last birth where it just was very painful and, um, and just very mentally difficult. And then I was like, but, you know, actually, I think even if that happens, I'll be okay. Cause I know I've done it once. Mm-hmm. And, um, as, as Jack's birth progressed, I started to feel like it was a repeat of Patrick's birth. And I, I even said something like that to my doula, like, I don't, I think this is the same. It's feeling the same. And I don't want to do that again. And she was like, Oh, it's okay. You know, it, it, it could still be different. And just, you know, every birth is different, but, um, as labor progressed, I, I started feeling the same intensity where I got that urge to bear down pretty early on. And everyone around me was like, Oh, maybe you're in transition. It seems like you're heading there really fast. And I was in my mind, no, he's not, I don't feel him low enough. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's right. Um, so I kind of just let, let my body do its thing. Um, but then after about an hour of that, of kind of bearing down naturally at the end of contractions, I got up and hid in my bathroom, um, and checked myself. And I was only about two finger widths dilated. Um, and so I got out and I, I told my doula and the midwife, I was like, I'm not that dilated. Um, yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> and, <laughs> and the midwife was like, well, let me check you. Maybe you're further along than you think, but she checked me and she was like, yeah, you're only three centimeters. <laughs> And so she's like, okay, let's, let's change it up. Once you get out of the tub and she gave me this, um, it looks like a, an overgrown peanut, it's called a peanut. And you, it's like two birth balls kind of stuck together. So I had to, she had me lay on one side with that in between my legs. That just like keeps your hips spread apart. And so it can help the baby rotate down. And so I did that for 30 minutes on one side and she said, and then we'll have you turn over and do it again on the other side. She also had me stand against the wall with my husband lifting my belly up during contractions, just to try to bring the baby back, um, directly over the cervix. And, um, I just remember thinking, I didn't want to do this again. Mm -hmm. Um, and starting with my first miscarriage, I just have been in a time of real spiritual depression and anxiety. Um, it's just very difficult, not, not really feeling the sense of God's presence. Like I felt before. Um, and so all throughout the birth, I just remember praying, like I, I again had a, a music playlist. It was a lot of worship songs and 
songs like great is thy faithfulness you know just like lord please let this be true let this be a true a true testimony like i i I know these things are true about you just let please let me let me feel those things please help me um you know this is all just in my own head and um i remember when i realized that i was gonna have to do a very similar labor to what i'd done before i was just like um i wasn't really asking why necessarily but i was kind of like man really really this is not what I wanted to do again, but just like, okay, I guess that's what I have to do. So I felt like with Jack's birth, like the, the word that was kind of some, summing it up was just endurance. Like you just have to endure sometimes. You don't understand why you don't, it's not what you would have picked, but you just have to do it. And God gives you as much grace as you need to get through that. Um, and so my, my doula who knew about Jack's birth was like, or knew about Patrick's birth was like, why don't you just sing again? So I did, um, sang again through him. And she said later, she was like, I was actually really impressed. I did. You sounded way better than I thought you would. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. But, um, the peanut did, did the trick after about an hour of laying on the peanut. I, I hid in the bathroom again, it was like my, my safe space. And I, they, they kept asking me through the door, like, do you feel any pressure? And I would be like, oh, I don't think so. And then finally, after maybe two contractions in there, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I do. I feel pressure. And so the midwife was like, okay, why don't you come out? And I was like, I don't want to come out. And she's like, well, don't you want a water birth? And I was like, yes. She's like, well, then I really think you need to come out. And so I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so I got back. They, they had warmed the tub back up at that point. I remember them bringing in boiling water and bailing it out and putting in more water in. So I got in there and I, in my mind, I still thought I had, you know, a couple hours to go probably. But as soon as I got in, I started pushing pretty. And it was like, um, my friend who had been with me in two births, she's not a doula, but she's just a really good friend. She said, I thought you sounded pushy before, but once you got in the tub, I realized, oh no, that's what pushing sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started really bearing down, but it wasn't like, it was a lot more like my first birth where I really had to work to push her out. Um, this, the last two births and William and Patrick had just kind of shot out. They had that nice fetal ejection reflex is called, and they just, I couldn't have, I couldn't have held them in kind of feeling, um, with him, I I had to really work and I couldn't feel him moving. So I said that to the birth team. I was like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's coming. Like he feels stuck. And they, they said, no, we can see his head. You're moving him down. And I was thinking in my head, they're just lying. (laughs) They're trying to make me feel better. (laughs) Um, so I was like, you know, really having to work. And I thought maybe it was because my water had broken, but, um, I, I now know, I now know it was just cause he was big. He was just a really big guy. So I uh, brought him down and I started feeling that ring of fire. And I remember telling him, Oh, it burns. It burns. And they're like, good. That's his head. That's his head. And she told me I needed to really ease him out. And I did not give her a good look. Apparently she said she could tell. I really did not like that idea <laughs> um, of just having to to bring him out slowly. Cause I just wanted to be done. But I remember the pain of the second degree tear, my daughter. And I was like, okay, that's worth a few more minutes of discomfort. So I, I actually was pretty impressed when I went back and watched the video. I eased him out pretty well. Um, at one point I told the, the midwife to just pull him out and she said, he doesn't have a handle. And I, 
And in my mind, I was thinking, no, he has ears. You can grab his ears. (laughs) But I didn't say that out loud. Um, And then I I remember at one point, um, I just asked her, please help me. And I, I didn't want his head to hit the bottom of the pool. And I had wanted to catch him myself, but the way that I was pushing, I couldn't really let go of the side of the pool. So I, I wanted her to help. And so she put her hands down and um, kind of just like guided his head. But then uh, one of the coolest moments was when she told me, you can reach down and pull him out. And I could tell he wasn't quite all the way out. I could, they told me his head was out, but I mean, it still felt like a lot of baby was still in there. And so when she told me, reach down and pull him out, that was the coolest feeling ever to just like, you know, you, you reach down and you feel this slippery head and um, cause he's in the water, I couldn't really see him. And then I felt his arms and I felt under his arms and I could grab it and pull him out. And you just feel this release mm. of, and such a relief of oh, no more pressure. You know, he's out and I, and I pulled him to the, and I saw him and opened his eyes and I just was, was just overcome, you know, just how, how thankful I was that he was here, that it had really happened. Um, and that even though it had been, really, really hard work that I was having the moment that I had just longed for, where I had this little boy safely in my own, in my own room in water. And I pulled him out with my own two hands, you know, that was just so healing for me. And I kept saying over and over, you're here, you're here. I can't believe you're real. Um, and he just was very quiet. He didn't really make any noise. He just was like looking around and um, as a doula, I was like running a checklist in my mind. Like, is he okay? He's not crying. And they're like, oh, well, I see, he's, you know, he's moving. He's got good tone. His, um, he's making eye contact. And then, so, but I still wanted to hear him. So after a couple of minutes of just, you know, rubbing him and him just looking at me and not making any noise, I finally said, can we hear your voice? And he did, he did that, the sweetest little cry. Um, and it, it was so cool to hear that you talking now <laughs> so that was Jack's birth story and then I also looked down he was two things that struck me was he was so covered in vernix even though he was 41 weeks um he just had all this looked like cheese all over him um and then the second thing was he had rolls of fat on his back and on his little arms and I was like how big is this kid (laughs) um after we I got out and you know I delivered this massive placenta that was it was like five pounds um we finally weighed him and um by the time we weighed him he actually had clothes on so he was over 12 pounds with clothes I know so when we weighed him without the clothes he was 11 pounds 10 ounces that's amazing I know. And I had no tears at all. Like absolutely no, um, not even any abrasions. Um, so that was kind of amazing when I found out he was even a pound heavier than my last baby, which I thought was pretty big at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up having, uh, some complications postpartum. Um, and we still don't really necessarily know the cause I had a postpartum hemorrhage. Oh, yeah so he was born and everything was well placenta we waited until after the placenta was delivered to even cut the cord um but then after that my bleeding just wouldn't let up Mm -hmm. so I ended up transferring to the hospital 
when he was a few hours old by ambulance. So oh that was, yeah, that was a bit harrowing. I think I, I honestly wasn't afraid at the time. I, I knew the midwife was taking good care of me and she actually started an IV at home. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a CNM and that was really helpful. That was able, that kind of stabilized me. Yeah. And then, um, we took an ambulance ride. That was really not fun. I really wish they made ambulances more comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think if you're going to be hurtling around with people in inside that you would make the gurneys like feel more stable or something. Cause like, <laughs> I kept feeling like I was like going to fall off, but, um, ended up getting, getting to the hospital and get just to get checked out. Mainly. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't need a blood transfusion. I did choose to have an iron infusion just to have a little extra help. Um, but we were able to come home. We didn't have to stay over, you know, stay, we stayed under 24 hours. Um, so I came home the next day. Yeah. And, um, had to be real careful with my activities after that. Um, just cause I had really low hemoglobin after that. Um, no one had told me at the time, but the iron infusion can take up to like 10 days to two weeks to work. Um, if I known that at the time, I probably wouldn't have chosen to have it. Um, because I, as it was, I, I felt really bad. Um, just anemia, you just get, you just get this terrible headache and, um, just very weak. Um, but, and, and a lot of pain, just like you, your heart rate's real high. So you just like feel every heartbeat. But I, um, I had, thankfully I had my mom who lives next door, my mom and dad. So they were super helpful. My midwife was continually checking in on me and I had some really good friends who had arranged um, a baby shower for me where they all brought freezer meals. Oh, yes. So we had great food. We had, I had friends, um, and family. My sister came into town who was about a week old. So she could take care of my other kids and cook for us. So, um, I really was so blessed. And that is one of my like things I, I really think our culture does poorly is, um, postpartum. We, we don't tend to view it as a time where rest is expected and that's the norm, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. in most cultures for about 40 to 60 days after the baby's born, the mom is not really expected to, to leave her bed really. Um, yeah, in some cultures they say your, your, um, your feet should not touch the floor for 40 days. Yeah. Um, much less, you know, trying to quote, quote, get your body back or take care of your other children. Um, mm-hmm. but I had really good help for about six weeks after he was born. I had, um, arranged, I had arranged for different people to take my kids different days and, um, help homeschool them. And I, and I had to have a lot of help too. any, any amount of stress we found out and I would get mastitis. Oh, man. <laughs> it was just one of the side effects of having, um, you know, lowered red blood cell count. Yeah. But, um, so that was just such a blessing to, um, have really good food. I had, um, multiple people bring me really healing foods. Um, I also had a bunch of like really good supplements. I started taking right away, like, um, liver beef liver, and I took um, chlorophyll, which, um, both really help with building your blood back up. 
Mm-hmm. So that was really amazing. Um, when I had my, I think it was only, it was, is it a six week visit? It may have even been earlier that my midwife took my hemoglobin and I was already back at 14, which is pretty high. Yeah. Um, being, whereas right after the hemorrhage, I was about 7.8. Wow. So I had almost doubled the hemoglobin and um, that was really unheard of. Um, so I really think that that was just due to the fact that I could rest so, so thoroughly, you know, I really, all I did was lay in bed and, and sleep and nurse the baby and eat, eat healthy foods and have people come and talk with me and um, took, I took some really light walks right around six weeks, but I, I think that was why I was able to heal so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, with him, with the baby, the first, a week after he was born, I ended up taking a, a nice hot bath with him. And, um, the one thing that I really kind of not regretted, but I, I mourned about his birth was that I did not get to enjoy him right after the birth, you know, I was Mm -hmm. bleeding and then I was in a lot of pain postpartum. So I really missed out on that golden hour. My, my doula joked, it was like a golden 15 minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then it was a lead hour, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, where I was just, I couldn't even hold him. Um, really enjoy him at all. So I took a, a nice bath with him and I just held him and it really was like we were bath back in the birth tub, you know, and I was just able to talk to him and t- we you t- I, like talked through his birth with him with the baby. And um it's just like, you know, we did it together and and he just was looking at me with his big blue eyes and it really felt like he knew what I was saying. I'm sure he didn't, but it felt like we were kind of getting that back. Mm-hmm. It was really healing. Um so if anybody has any birth trauma, I highly recommend taking a bath with the baby mm-hmm. and just kind of reclaiming it and be like, no, this is the postpartum that, that I wanted. I'm making it happen now. It's just a little delayed. Mm-hmm. If there was something that you. One of the things that I have learned through all my births is that you can do hard things and that with that God will call you to do hard things and that he'll equip you to do those things with him. Um, and that that's been my desire as a doula has always been like on my business card, it says helping mamas find their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been what I would like to do is to help women find the strength that God gives them. Um, and so that also applies to my boys too, you know, that they can do hard things and that God will call them to, definitely will call them to do hard things, but that he will do them with, he will do them with yeah (laughs) thank you so much for sharing your birth stories with us would you want to share any kind of like encouragement or advice for other moms or maybe an expectant mom I would say prioritize and plan for postpartum rest so I would say you know yeah is that what you think he agrees Uh, you know, whether that's doing freezer meals ahead of time or, um, even, uh, hiring a postpartum doula, um, if you can, if you can't get actual family to help, you know, then recruiting friends, I would say never, never pass up anyone who says, let me know who I can help. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely take them up on it, you know, um, and take them up on it in a concrete way. Like if they say, let me know how I can help. You can say, okay, I'm going to need someone to take my dog 
the first two weeks after I have the baby or, you know, I need someone to come walk my dog every day or something concrete like that. Or Mm -hmm. would you be willing to come and take my other kids out to the park, you know, and like get Mm -hmm. it on a calendar um, so that you have help lined up as long as you can, as for as many areas as you can. Cause it's, I mean, it's hard to rest, especially in our culture um, where that's just not expected. But I would say if you, if you put in the effort ahead of time to try to make that happen, it is so worth it. And mm-hmm. I felt like, um, with my kids where I intentionally rested, I felt way more energetic at the end of that six weeks than I did when, you know, with my daughter, I tried to push myself so hard to just, you know, get back into things. And I did not feel like myself probably for like nine months, you know, cause I never rested. Um, and I remember with her, I was so absolutely desperately depleted. I just, I just desperately wanted her to sleep longer. You know, looking back, she was a pretty normal baby. You know, she slept three hour chunks and, but I just felt like I could not live like this anymore, you know? And then I had my boys and I really rested better after I had them. And they were like, one of mine was a terrible sleeper <laughs> for, for months. But I never felt that desperation, like I've got to get him to sleep or I won't be able to function. It was way more like, oh, it'll be okay. You know, I'll just be a little tired. Mm-hmm. And I really think it was because I had gotten, gotten back to like kind of a normal state. Yeah. Um, whereas with my daughter, I, w- I feel like I just was always kind of in the, in the red for months mm-hmm. with her. Um, so I think a lot of the, a lot, that just, you know, that, that restful time really pays off in the long run. Yeah. I would also tell, I would also really encourage moms to, um, really prioritize nutrition, um, during as well, as soon as you start thinking about having kids, um, and I think that that helps with everything too. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for resources for that? Yes. Um, one is called real food for mother and baby. Okay. It's by Nina Plank. And another one is um, what's it called? I have I'll have to look up the name. Real, it's like it's by an RN. It's like real food for pregnancy. I think is what it's called. That sounds okay. Yeah, good guys. But um, yeah, it's really helpful. Um, and then the um the root cause protocol is what I'm looking into now and it has a lot of stuff about anemia and about, I I really got into it after I struggled with blood loss because I needed to know how to rebuild my, my hemoglobin really fast. So it has a lot in there about um, the importance of copper, which I was not expecting copper and vitamin A and vitamin Mm -hmm. D. Okay. This is your talkative time, isn't it? You just want to tell everybody? Yes. <laughs> you want to talk about? Yeah. I think he just wants to talk. Yeah. And, and it, it did, it was in his birth. Um, My daughter ended up being the only one that was still awake when he was born. Oh. So he was born at like 10, 15, which wasn't that late, but we just didn't know how long it would be. Right. And so she ended up being the only one still awake. And my 
my boys are still a little bit angry that we sent them to bed. <laughs> They're like, you should have woken us back up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome that they're so interested in it. They really are. And for, um, for good, I mean, he probably would still be asking me to read the books if I left them out, but for good six, seven weeks after the birth, my youngest wanted me to read the birth books. Like mm. we had a lot of children's books about birth. Yeah. And we really liked those. Um, his favorite was my mother is the strongest. And Aww. I like that book too. <laughs> <laughs> Could I, I will email you later if I could and get some of, if you don't mind, just get some of your recommendations for that. Cause I haven't ever come across birth books for kids. So that's, oh, there are so many good ones now. And, um, we also did some books about like, you know, being a big brother and what to expect from the baby. And, um, that's been really cool. And it makes me so proud when I hear my, um, my boys or my daughter, but I think it's like, people expect it less from boys, but when I hear them, explaining to other people, even adults, like what babies think or, or, or feel, you know, so they'll be like, you know, babies don't know that they're not a part of their mom. And so when their mom's gone, it's like, what if you woke up and your hand was gone, you would freak out too, you know, (laughs) he's like, mommy, the baby needs to see you. (laughs) He doesn't know where you are. And um, so it's really cool to hear them like, knowing how to, knowing how to handle a baby and have compassion for him. So Mm. he's a very blessed little baby. He's got so many people that love him. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your birth stories with us. You are so welcome. I'm glad you're doing this. I'm excited to share them with the world. Yes. Now it's time for our Meet the Birth Worker segment. I'm sitting down with Janelle Allier of Paris Mountain Midwifery. Hey, Janelle, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, would you mind introducing yourself and sharing where you serve and what services you offer? Yeah, so I my name is Janelle Allier. I am a certified nurse midwife. I'm located in Greenville, South Carolina. So we're local, we're neighbors, which is nice to connect in that way. Um, I offer home birth. This is sort of my bread and butter. Um, Mm -hmm. I do well woman care as well. I don't do as much GYN, um, but say a woman, you know, births with me and, you know, a year later she needs a pap or um, somewhere along the way she gets mastitis or something comes up. Um, She's, you know, current with my practice and under my care for that. So that's sort of the um, GYN that I like to do. I don't do too much new, like bringing on um, people for GYN. It's sort of like people that are in the Paris Mountain Midwifery. That's the name of my practice, the Paris Mountain Midwifery family already. Um, I sometimes make exceptions, you know, somebody needs something here or there, but um birth is sort of my go-to and I work with just a small number of due dates a month. My own Mm -hmm. kids are small. And so I try to keep my practice manageable so that I have a sustainable lifestyle. And that makes it feel good for the women that are under my care too, that I'm not spread too thin and like to give jam up care to the ones that I do take. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. What do you love about being a midwife? Oh, okay. Um, 
Well, we were just chatting pre-interview about my transition from my um, hospital-based job as a nurse midwife into home birth. And right now what I'm really loving is just working for myself and really having that um, freedom to serve you know, families instead of checking a lot of boxes, working for a system. Um, so that's sort of a favorite thing that I've been enjoying for the last couple of years since having my own practice. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much I don't like about it. I think a lot of midwives really like birth. They like labor and delivery, but, um, I'm definitely a big picture person. So Mm -hmm. my personality is sort of geared towards, um, just that start to finish process. And then that's really beautiful. So I don't get in the weeds too much just as like a personality trait, um, kind of like a big picture thinker. And, and I feel that way about birth too. Like I really love just start to finish walking that journey with families. Um, postpartum care is, something I like to pride myself on that. I'm not gonna let you fall through the cracks just because the excitement's over with the birth. Um, I tell women, you know, you're current with my practice for a year after you have your baby. So if something comes up, I'm your midwife. I want to hear from you. Um, and so keep my practice small, you know, lets me do that kind of thing. I don't have, you know, dozens of due dates out there that I feel, you know, spread thin or, you know, midwifery is kind of a hard lifestyle (laughs) with being on call. And especially when you're a one woman show. Mm -hmm. Um, so just keeping it manageable really lets me kind of soak in loving on my clients the way that, um, they deserve and that start to finish big picture, um, you know, in it to win it for the long haul is Mm -hmm. brings me a lot of satisfaction. Mm, That's great. Um, would you mind if you could share kind of a main distinction between obstetric care and what you offer as a home birth midwife? What would that be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just talking, um, someone about this today, actually. Um, I think obstetrics kind of approaches pregnancy from the you know, pathology standpoint, a obstetrician's a surgeon, they're trained in pathology. We need them for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, a midwife sort of approaches pregnancy as a normal physiological process in the life cycle of a woman. So um, that's a subtle difference, but it's huge if you're a normal, healthy woman. Part of it too is an issue of overqualification. So your obstetrician's not necessarily going to sit at your bedside and teach you about breastfeeding because they could be doing robotic surgery. You know, they're, um, they're qualified for different things. And so a midwife's an expert in normal, um, but she's got a, got to be on her toes too, because in any population of women, even normal, healthy women, a handful are going to have complications pop up. So I think being an expert in normal is an advantage too, when you kind of go off of that normal track. What recommendations would you have for a mom regarding childbirth education or just preparation for birth or building a birth team that suits her? Yeah. So important. I, um, strongly encourage, I require all first time moms to hire a doula mm-hmm. and strongly encourage everyone. So even if it's your fifth baby, I want you to have a doula. Um, I think that that's an important part of your team to just have someone there for support, you know, um, because my, my clinical brain is definitely 
sort of what's forward when you're um, in labor and in your birth and, and in the whole process, really. So it's so helpful to have somebody who, you know, isn't really consumed with thinking about how's baby doing and is this bleeding normal? And, you know, um, birth goes great in spite of me. It's not like I like fret over people (laughs) or whatever, but, um, when they have someone, to sort of guide them through the process, who is a professional, um, a birth professional as well. It's really helpful. I mean, some families like the, their partner, their family is just really, really supportive, but I think a doula is really important. Um, and then comprehensive childbirth education. There's so many options, you know, it's funny to me that like childbirth is branded. <laughs> like we've all heard of Lamaze or there's Bradley method or hypno babies or these like methods, you know, it's kind of always funny. Cause I'm like, well, babies come out the same, you know, the birth doesn't change. Um, but there's just lots of options, which is really great. So, um, Bradley method is sort of like partner oriented. So some couples are like, yeah, that sounds great. And other couples are like, that is not going to work for us, <laughs> you know? And so our hypno, hypno babies is really kind of centered around, um, meditations and, and relaxation and sort of training your brain. And, um, so some people are very, um, prayerful or they practice yoga or they're sort of geared towards that anyway in their normal life. And that may be a good fit for them. Um, so there's just, there's just tons of options out there. And I think a comprehensive childbirth class is key for, for anyone, um, even an experienced mom, but if you're planning out of hospital delivery, maybe you've had natural birth, maybe you've had hospital birth, but if you're thinking about home or birth center, um, a a class is really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you one more question? That's not on our pre-discussed questions. Um, you shared that you're expecting your third child. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I wondered if you had any just personal favorite things to do while pregnant or mm. just like favorite ways to prepare for birth or even just your own hopes for birth. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Well, <laughs> when I was expecting my second, I was like a little bit uh, bummed about you know, I missed like the long walks and long baths and long naps and long talks with my spouse, you know, that you have with your first pregnancy, where it's just like all about, um, nourishing yourself and your, your pregnant body. And so my second pregnancy, I was like, well, having a toddler and a pregnancy is like way less fun. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned to carve out some time. Um, I, with my first birth, I took a childbirth class in person. Um, even though I was a midwife at the time, I just felt like, you know what, this is time set aside. Um, not just for me, but for my spouse, who's not at all a birth person, mm-hmm. um, you know, something we were able to do together and he really gleaned a lot from it. And, um, it wasn't like a waste of time, even though I didn't necessarily like, get any brand new knowledge that was like, Oh, I didn't know that before. You know, it was, but still it was sort of like time set aside. Um, and then I found that part of it, just having like the time carved out that that was our time to think about pregnancy. So helpful that I decided with my second birth that I would try a different, 
um, different style. And I did, um, hypno babies self-study at home. So I listened to a lot of the meditations and the scripts as I would fall asleep. Um, you know, so there were things that like, I didn't get to do all of the pampering and long naps and stuff that I did with my first baby. But that second time I kind of carved out time. Um, and I'm trying to do that this time as well. My kids are close together. This is my third in three years. So mm-hmm. I have to be pretty intentional. Like I have to make time. I don't just find it. <laughs> so I have to, you know, make time to like, okay, I'm gonna take a quick bath before bed without my phone and read, um, one of these, you know, labor books that I have been sitting on my shelf forever. And I want to like make it through a couple books while I'm pregnant, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But carving out the time has been the key. Very cool. Very cool. Could you share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> some people are like, you were hard to find. And I'm like, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I work with about two to four due dates a month. Mm-hmm. And two is sort of like my, what I like three, maybe an exception. Sometimes someone pops up pregnant. It's really hard to say no Four feels like too many to me. Um, a midwife who works full-time and is in solo practice might do like four to eight. Um, but for me, you know, my own kids are little, I just don't want to be spread thin. So two to four, preferably more like two to three is, is all that I prefer to do. Um, and so I don't do a lot of, and I've also been taking care of moms and babies in this town for a while. I, um, the first birth I ever saw was in 2006 and then I became a labor and delivery nurse in 2008 and have been working with moms and babies ever since. So, um, I, you know, when I launched my own practice and, you know, I just was already like in the birthy world, it wasn't starting from zero. So I haven't had to like really scramble and hustle to build a practice, Mm -hmm. especially since I'm doing a smaller volume intentionally. So I don't do a lot of marketing. I don't have a website. Um, I, yeah, I'm told a lot like that. Oh, it's hard to find you or most of my, my practice is moms that I already know that already know me, um, that maybe word of mouth, like, Oh, my neighbor, my friend, you know, told me about you. Um, I book up quickly. So like, sometimes I'll get calls from moms that are six, seven weeks along. And I'm like, I'm already booked. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, so my only online presence for Paris mountain midwifery is a little Instagram account. <laughs> That's and so it's a nice, cause it's like, if I have something to say, I have a place to put it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and my, my contact information is on there, but, um, yeah, if you were to Google me, you might see my Google pin or find my Instagram page, but there's not a lot of information out there. And I also just prefer, um, to connect with people like in real life. And Mm -hmm. so I don't feel like, you know, putting a lot out there on a website, I'd rather you just call me up and we'll talk about your situation and what I offer. And if we're a good fit, you know, maybe we move forward. Um, but I'm not, you know, personally on Facebook or professionally on Facebook and sort of just, I'm a busy mom and limit social media. And, um, so I am out there and, and if you really want to find me, you can, you can dig me up at Paris mountain midwifery on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much, Janelle. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Hey friends, thanks for joining me today. To stay up to date on the podcast, like Hopeful Birth on Facebook and follow me on Instagram at Hopeful Birth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you use. If you're interested in sharing your hopeful birth story on a future episode, please reach out to me on my Facebook page or by Instagram. And if you're a doula, midwife, or other birth worker and would like to be featured on our Meet the Birth Worker segment, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.